O my God, be thou not silent to me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So dear friends, we recently celebrated uh, in these last few weeks some very beautiful feasts of our faith. And yet, despite all these beautiful realities in our faith, uh, we can look around, you know, especially in this month of the precious blood, and we can wonder, was was our Lord's precious blood, was it shed in vain for so many people? Because when we look around the world today, we see uh, a devoid, uh, 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 the world devoid of grace. The world's getting worse and worse, despite so many graces given by our Lord to us. And we can pause and reflect a little bit. What is at the heart of the disease that's eating, eating the Western world today. You know, when, when you were a child, the, the first thing when you saw something, first question you normally asked was, what is it? Uh, and what it is, when you understood what it is, it often determined how you treated the thing. So uh, when you see a guitar, uh, and an ice cream, and a dog, well, they're all different things, and hopefully you treat them all differently because they're not, uh, you don't eat the dog, uh, and uh, uh, you don't play the dog, you, you play with the dog, but you know, it's not a musical instrument. Uh, so you treat everything according as you understand what it is. And I think uh, that point should be obvious. But uh, reality is that point is not obvious. Today, we have lost sight of what things are. And here, I'm going to quote at length this morning uh, uh, some words from Frank Sheed, a great Catholic author who wrote many excellent books, all of which I recommend. Uh, but he wrote a very small uh, book explaining uh, society and sanity. And he makes this basic point that I just said, but he draws some very profound conclusions for us to think about and see how this is very clearly at the heart of the problem of our modern world. And then I'm going to draw uh, some conclusions for you. He says, Our treatment of anything must depend in the last resort on what we think it is. For instance, we treat people in one way and cats another way because our idea of what a man is and what a cat is. All our institutions, family, school, trade unions, government, laws, customs, anything you want, grew out of what those who made them thought a man was. If you want to understand them profoundly, you must get, uh, get at the idea of man that they express. There, there are periods of human history when it is not immediately and obviously necessary to make this sort of profound inquiry. When institutions are long established, functioning healthily, serving happiness, the mass of men may very well decide simply to live by them and ask no questions. But when anything goes wrong with an institution, so that we have to decide whether to mend it, or, and if so, how, or to scrap it, and if so, what to put in its place, then the question what man is immediately becomes not only practical, but of the first practicality. You can not 
uh, know how to uh, things should be treated until you are clear what a man is. But in the whole of our society, man is overlooked. Man is simply taken as a word, the label for a particular kind of being. And nobody stops for any serious consideration for what the words mean. We proceed immediately to consider how to make the creature happier without ever having asked what exactly the creature is. It should be just the other way around. When some new proposal is made which will affect the way men live, our immediate reaction is to ask, will it make men happier? But this should be the second question, not the first. The first question should be, does it fit the very nature of man? The total ignoring of this question runs all throughout our modern life. Education provides an illustration perfect enough to be almost farcical. Throughout most of the Western world, the state is regarded as the normal educator. And this situation, I say, is taken as normal, whereas in fact it is grotesque. There are hundreds of definitions of education, but one may take as a minimum definition, one which would be accepted by practically everybody, that education is to fit men for living. Supposing you were to write to the education department of your state something to this effect, I know that you are in the business of fitting men for living. Would you mind telling me what a man is? And see the reaction you get to that question today. What is man? The only possible answer would be that we live in a liberal democracy. Every man is entitled to accept any religion or philosophy he pleases, and according to its teaching, hold his own view. That man is matter or spirit or both or neither, the state does not decide among them. It is wholly neutral. It does not know what a man is. If you were then to write further and say, I note that as the state, you do not know what a man is, do you know what living is for? The answer could only be the same. That it is a matter for each citizen to decide, to decide for himself. The state is neutral. The state does not know. I have called this grotesque, and that is to flatter it. To be fitting men for living, not only without knowing what man is or what life is for, but without even thinking the question relevant, indeed without ever having asked them, is odd beyond all words. Yet, it does not strike people as odd. The depth of their unawareness of its oddness is the measure of the decay of thinking about fundamentals. The fact that we don't see it as odd it is a sign of the depth of our mental depravity in society today. Not only do they not see for themselves that it is odd, they cannot even be shown how odd it is. You try and tell people, hold on, you go, the state gives us laws, regulations. It doesn't know what man is. It doesn't know what life is for. Don't you see that as insane? Good luck in trying to convince them of even that basic uh, point of insanity. If one presses the point, they will simply change the definition of education. And given the strange things that some states do require of their citizens, how do we know that our own state requirements are not harmful to us as men? 
It's a very good point. How do we know that what the state is putting out is not harmful for us as men? If it doesn't know what man is, doesn't know what life is for, then how do we know what it's putting out is not harmful for us? None of these questions can be answered till we know what man is. Information is valuable if it helps man to be more fully and richly human. A man is integrated when all the elements of his nature are rightly related to one another and to the goal of life. The state must not require anything of its citizens, which will, whatever increase of efficiency or material being, will diminish them as men. At every turn, not only in education, but in the whole life of society, the treatment of human beings by one another and of the citizens by the state needs to be tested by the question, what is man? And it is never asked. The state does not know what man is and is taking more and more control of man's life. That bears repeating. The state does not know what man is and is taking more and more control of man's life. And this is why you are seeing right before our eyes today all that we once cherished, all the Christian values uh, slowly being eaten away in an acid bath of secular humanism, socialism, communism. Because nature abhors a vacuum. When, when we refuse to affirm what a man is, what life is for, well then the devil comes and he replaces that emptiness. And we see it being replaced by the socialist communist values, which are to reduce man to the state of an animal. He's just there to produce and die and uh, to be used by the, the gods of this world. And this is what we are seeing all around us today. It's forbidden in our schools to teach the Ten Commandments, to teach prayer, but all sorts of uh, immorality and perversion, uh, they are acceptable today. And we, we Christians, we have allowed this. You know, our government wants to promote this ministry of disinformation, that if, if an individual or a social media platform uh, allows a, uh, information they consider uh, incorrect, then that individual and that corporation will be punished with a maximum of $10.6 million a fine. And of course, uh, if you're an individual, imprisonment. Now, this is funny, coming from a government that doesn't know what a woman is. A government that claims that men can give birth. And then they want to tell you about disinformation. They haven't got a clue. And you know that wicked Prime Minister of New Zealand during the COVID time said, we, we are your sole source of truth. What a blasphemy. You know, even the Catholic Church has never claimed to be your sole source of truth. The Catholic Church is your sole source of truth when it comes to questions of faith and morals. It doesn't claim to be the absolute source of truth. Only our Lord is the absolute source of truth. He's God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When a government claims that, what are they claiming? To be the gods of this world. That's all. Uh, and, you know, they speak about separation of church and state, this lie that we have believed in. 
when you separate church and state, all that happens is the state becomes the church. And this is why today it's the state that tells us what you can believe, what is correct, what is acceptable, uh, what you must hold. The same state that wants us to believe that there are more than two genders wants us to believe that they are our sole source of truth. Let us not be deceived by what's going on. It is an ideological warfare against Christ and his gospel. The hypocrisy we see around us is just beyond comprehension. And yet Frank Cheat goes on to explain every question under discussion, every revolutionary idea and every conservative reaction all boil down to one question. How should man be treated? And, how can, and we can only answer this in light of the view of what man is. No society can be united if it is not united about this fundamental question. And this is why we see all around us this promotion of division in society. Believe me, they promote it on purpose worldwide. Why do they promote it? Because divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. They divide us according to race, as you see with this so-called yes vote coming up, to enshrine racism in our constitution, which as Catholics we can never support. Worldwide, they promote separation according to race, culture, gender, this man and female war they separate, they promote with feminism and all these other transgender nonsense, it's all promotion to divide and conquer. And all these groups are being armed, armed by the state against its citizens in order for them to promote the new world order, whatever it is, whatever it is that they're promoting. And we are seeing this all around us. And yet, they don't know what man is. They don't know what the purpose of life is. Uh, this young girl recently in uh, Adelaide said she, she wasn't feeling well physically, had been ill for many years. So she decided she wants to end her life. Well, the state that said, yeah, we'll support you, we'll back you up. The same state will spend millions of dollars every year in trying to prevent people with mental depression from committing suicide. As soon as you say, oh, it's a physical illness, absolutely, go ahead and kill yourself, we'll support you, we'll back you up. Talk about insanity. Talk about perversion. As Frank, she goes on to say, our civilization, the one that used to be called Christian, now called Western, is based upon the idea of our ancestors that they had of what man is. That idea was clear, strong, universally accepted. They arrived at it not by looking at man, but by listening to God. To listening to God. Today we have the, the Pope, calling together all the, almost all the great heretics in the church and all the most perverted theologians for this synod. And they will discuss amongst themselves by listening to man what they think the church should be. And what's going to come of that? Perversion. Today we have the church as an institution and the, the secular authorities as an institution have become perverted and mad, insane. Man, says Frank Sheed, is a creature of God, living in a universe created by God. But he differs from every other being 
in the world because God made him in his own image. This special likeness to God is not in man's body, by which he is like to the animals, but in his soul, which is spiritual, immortal, and meant for eternal union with God. By setting his will against God's, man has damaged himself and lost oneness with God. God became man and died to save all men from this derelict condition. In these three ideas, image of God, immortal spirit, redeemed by Christ, you have the dominating elements in that concept of man which went into building of our civilization. And it's that which built Western civilization, which brought, as, as I said, civilization, order, beauty, harmony, goodness in every field of life, music, uh, buildings, uh, literature, whatever field you want. And today, what do we see in all those fields of life? Ugly, destruction, perversion, culture of death, immorality, a world surrounded by mental, physical, and spiritual poison because we have lost the image of God, lost the purpose of our life, lost even the basic grasp of what man is and what is there for. Heat for heaven. This life is passing. Hence, we can see that today, notice, in society we never discuss anything of any real importance. Uh, what is the impact of artificial intelligence? What about the changing demographics of society, our culture? What about the limits of corporations? What about the limits of military power? What about the limits of government? Never discussed. Things that are going to impact our life, never discussed. Because you just got to go along with the narrative. Don't question that. And if you do, you see what happens to you. You were silenced, marginalized. You know, Jim Caviezel, he made this recent movie, The Sound of uh, uh, Silence, I think. And he, he speaks of the sound of freedom. Uh, and he exposes how uh, massive the, the, the trading of uh, children is, this illegal uh, trafficking of children. And it based on a true story of a federal agent who went independent to spend his life rescuing these children. What was the reaction of the media when it, it even toppled in its success the Hollywood movies? They were angry. Why were they angry? Because it exposes the world which, they, which supports them, the world of the corrupt elite. Instead of being praising this, this action of exposing and, and uh, rescuing of what's going on in the illegal trafficking of children. They're angry. They're attacking. They are livid. This is how averted our world has become. How insane. Uh, I could go on almost every field of life, but take, take another field which is so important to us. And again, I might ruffle some feathers, but the question of, the medical field, the other day I saw on the social media, a doctor got up and, and almost fell over backward that they allowed this doctor to say this without shutting them down. The doctor said, you know, we, we, we've discovered that um, through IV uh, uh, drips, uh, high doses of vitamin C, you can cure cancer. Well, we've known this for a long time now. 
But how come I thought, why did they not shut this person down, this doctor down? Well, there was this doctor just began by quoting all these left-wing universities like Harvard and showing all the research that's been done confirming that. But if you had said this 20 years ago, not only would you have been shut down, deplatformed, but you would have been locked up and charged as a criminal. The whole, you know, and this is exactly what they did during COVID. They wanted you to believe there was only one cure for uh, the COVID and you had to take the jab. And then a few months ago now, the, the same mainstream media, which was pushing all this, had the nerve to get up and say, you know, we've discovered after much research that, that garlic cures COVID and it's got 99% efficacy rate against it. I couldn't believe it. But you're stating the obvious. And yet there is literally hundreds of cures for every illness out there. And yet they want you to believe there's only one solution. And that's because it, it supports the drug companies that make billions off their one narrow-minded. And, you know, when we speak about being open-minded and scientific, it's like the modern church, isn't it? They speak about being tolerant and open-minded and yet contradict them and see how, how open-minded they are. Expose them for the lies. Uh, this Pope who speaks about being loving and embracing everyone, what did he do to the Latin Mass people? He shut down their masses. They speak tolerance and love, but they practice persecution because they have a perverted agenda, which is anti-Christ. And it's affected every field of life, every field of life, law, science, medicine, every field of life. And we have to be able to think, you know, how many people have abdicated their brains to the government, have abdicated their common sense to the government. Once upon a time, you know, when you were sick, your parents just made you some basic remedy, whatever, you got a flu, they made you some chicken soup and said, had a rest, you know, uh, common sense. Today, we seem to no longer have common sense. Uh, because we've abdicated everything, our brains to the government. So we don't have to think. In a time where information is everywhere, we have no knowledge. We have no wisdom. But we have a proliferation of information. But that information without wisdom, without the foundation for it all, is pointless. And that's what we are seeing today. You know... In France today, they are bearing the brunt of what Archbishop Lefebvre warned them about. He said to them many years ago, and at the time they fined him uh, something like 5,000 francs, that your immigration of Islam into your country is going to be destructive, going to destroy your nation, because he saw it in Africa. And what are they doing today? They are going in the streets looting and destroying the buildings, destroying the churches, destroying libraries. They are bearing the fruits of their poison. And what's the government doing? Next to nothing. Why? Because that's what they want. They want to destroy all the old institutions. They want fear to reign in our hearts. And this is what uh, Pius XI saw taking place. And so he instituted this uh, Feast of Christ the King. But what did he see? He saw in the Eastern Bloc, communism on the rise. And think, as I say these words, all these nations were once Catholic nations and Christian nations. 
communism and the rise in Russia and throughout the Eastern Bloc, socialism and the rise in Germany, the Nazism, Masonic influence on the rise in Mexico. In Mexico, the Catholics took a proper response. They fought against the government with guns and they fought against the Freemasonic government and they brought it to its knees. But the Pope understood that this is in these free nations, in these Christian nations, this was taking place because they were abdicating their freedom out of fear for the sake of security. And that's exactly what they told us during the COVID time. You'll stay home out of fear and we'll look after you. We'll keep you on the dole, we'll give you government benefits, but just surrender your freedom and comply. And we did. And it's nothing new in history, and it's not to point the finger at anybody. But to be aware that this is a, a, a program, a plan. And Pius XI saw, saw the reason for this. You could see that the reason was at the heart of this reality was the greed eating the hearts of men. He says, a blind and immoderate selfishness make, uh, uh, making men seek after nothing but their own comfort and advantage and measure everything by these. No peace in the home because men have forgotten or neglected their duty. The unity and uh, stability of the family is undermined. Society, in a word, is shaken to its foundation and on the way to ruin. And today we see this all around us. Last week I called a friend in the U.S., and they've been a teacher for almost 30 years now. And I asked them what it's like these days being a teacher. And they said, Father, it's very difficult. I have children in my class, they're transitioning, and you know what that means, I'm not going to explain it. And these children are so depressed, so hopeless, so empty, so saddened. And there's nothing I can say or do. Because if I say anything, I'll be uh, thrown out. Uh, the children don't want to learn. They don't want to be there. They have no desire for anything. It's like their minds have really been ripped out of their heads. And it is a sad world today we live in, where uh, our children have been sold out. Instead of the parents telling these children, reassuring them, comforting them, guiding them, yeah, go and be transitioning. What a sellout our society has done. And all this promoted by our leaders who have an agenda behind that. They don't care whether you live or die. Their ideology is Freemasonic. It's against our faith. We must be very clear about their agenda. And it is an ideological warfare against our faith. And these realities are going to impact us. Don't deceive yourself. Many, many priests are like today, like this teacher, afraid to say anything. Because if we say anything, we'll be, uh, suffer the consequences. How many priests today in the, in the mainstream church are cancelled because they dared say the obvious? Uh, and that's just being punished by their church leaders, let alone the punishment we get from the state if we dare denounce their wickedness, their lies. Uh, and it's going to affect everyone who works in the world today. And, and it's like the elephant in the room. Everybody sees that how foolish, how stupid, how silly this is. But for fear of being punished, we go along with it. That's how Hitler got along. Uh, his 
people to do what he did out of fear. No, says Pius XI, we must never cede control to these people or uh, out of fear. We must never give up our rights to uphold what is holy, what is right. We have lost the values. We have lost the principles of eternal values. Friendship, loyalty, goodness, truth. And we have replaced them with what benefits us on a material level. We have all become part of this social programming. Uh, by adopting the ideas slowly and slowly that have crept into our hearts. And this is why they get away with it. Because the poison has seeped into our hearts. Often we say to ourselves, well, why should I get involved in the world? Why should I get involved in politics? You should because it's your duty. Otherwise, the devil and his mates, they'll come and take control. And that's what you're seeing today. In the 1950s and 60s, we didn't care enough. And we just went along. And so we, in the church, we have this abomination called the New Mass. We have this abomination called the New Teachings of the New Springtime. And so in the, in the state, the same thing. Because Catholics didn't care enough to guide their fellow men with solid principles, as Frank Sheed was saying, writing back in the 1950s. Well then, we went along with the new springtime of the state. Well, it's not a springtime at all. It's a total perversion. What's the solution? The solution is, as Pope Leo XIII said, if human society is to be healed, only a return to Christian life and Christian institutions will heal it. It's the only solution. Anything else is a lie. And St. Paul himself warned us about the dangers that we are seeing today. He says, We renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor adulterating the word of God, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And if our gospel be also hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not shine unto them. And that statement is the motto, the creed, the belief, the work of all the enemies of our faith today. And, and, and among them are those in the hierarchy today, that the gospel of Christ is being adulterated, it is being hidden, it is being perverted, so that the truth may never reach these people, so they remain in darkness and enslaved to sin and their passions, and it eventually will go to hell. For us, this is not what we can accept. We have a duty to be a light in this world of darkness. Our Lord's blood was not shed in vain either for us or our fellow brothers. We have a duty to help and assist them. Our Lord and Our Lady expect that of us. If we have received the gospel, it is so we can share it, so we can fill the world with the gospel of Christ and His grace and His truth, and that we not be afraid. Our forefathers fought far bigger enemies, and they conquered. And if we have a... a Western civilization. You know, a friend said to me, Father, is it true to say that men by nature are good? 
because we look around today, men seem to be pretty good. No, no. The reality is the answer is this. Today, most people by nature in every, in every age, whether Christ came or not, we are creatures of habit. Uh, it's just the reality of us. We, we do the same things. It makes us secure. But those habits are defined by realities. And today's habits of our society is, is the way it is because of Christianity came and touched our world. Our Lord came and he touched our world. But by nature, all of us are prone uh, to the seven deadly sins by nature. It's only by God's grace that we overcome these things. By nature, says St. Paul, we are children of wrath, children of the devil. But by God's grace, we are delivered by these things. So today, there are not, uh, there are not big sinners, not many of them. They're just the mediocre sinners, but they are sinners. And that's the point. Today's world is run on the passions. The solution is right before us. Our Lord and his church, the sacraments and the graces he gives us. The state does not know what man is and is taking more and more control of man's life. Precious blood of Jesus, wash over us. In the Father, Son, Holy Ghost.